Hi, this is Judy Collins with Since You've Asked. In today's episode, I'm following up with Julia Cameron, author of The Artist's Way and many other great books. This year, Julia has released a new book called Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection, where she invites you to nurture your creativity by connecting with your higher power. Please welcome back to my podcast, Julia Cameron. What I give you since you've asked is all my time together. Take the rugged sunny days, the warm and rocky weather. Take the roads that I have walked along, looking for tomorrow's time. Peace of mind. It's called Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection. Now, it seems to me, I've known you for a long time, and I've known your your writing for a long time. And many people that I talk to in my life that I run into, I say, well, what about it, particularly if they're having trouble writing? I say, well, have you tried The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? If they haven't, they will, because I'll go get it for them in many cases. If they have, they always say, she illuminated my life. She taught me how to write. She gave me the freedom and she gave me the tools. Freedom and tools, those things are things that you specialize in, I think. Well, I hope so. Uh, I hope that people pick up my work uh, and realize uh, that it can apply to their own lives. Uh, And I think uh, the artist's way uh, has been sort of a proven path now. Uh, When I wrote it, Judy, I thought I was writing it for 10 people. (laughs) My intimate circle. Uh, And of course, now it's gone on and it's sold 5 million books. uh, And I feel like they can't all be gullible. (laughs) It's very intriguing because the... The suggestions, that the things that I do that I've learned from you, of course, the, the, the morning pages have been a fundament of your gift to us. I always wrote journals. I wrote down all my, all my dreams when I was in therapy in my early 20s. And I, I sort of slowly but surely advanced into writing, writing in my journal. That was something I had to do. And when I found out from you that that's a secret gift of getting to who you are and what you want to say, I was liberated. And I was able to start to basically to start writing books, which I have done. And recently I told you that I was struggling with a new book, trying to figure out which one it was. And you said to me, it will come. I'm sure that when I look through Seeking Wisdom and begin to do the work, it will come. Can you talk to us about uh, artist dates and um, morning pages? How do they fit together? Okay, I I think of them as being like a radio kit that 
with morning pages, you're sort of sending a telegram to the universe or the muse or the higher power or Obi-Wan Kenobi, whatever you tend to call it. You're sending a telegram to it uh, that says, this is what I like. Uh-huh. This is what I don't like. <laughs> this is what I want more of. This is what I want less of. Uh-huh. Um, you're being authentically yourself. The pages are not shown to anybody ex- except your own eyes. Uh, and so it's a place where you can dare, uh, you can vent, uh, you can mourn. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Virginia Woolf said that writers needed a room of their own. Uh, and I thought, well, a lot of us can't afford a room of our own. Uh, and um, so I have invented morning pages, which are a portable room of your own. You, you go in the, to the pages, you lock the door, and you talk about how you really feel. Yeah. So uh, pages teach us to be honest. They teach us to be authentic. They teach us to be specific. Uh, And when you do morning pages, you are led, guided, coaxed, uh, sort of herded uh, into the directions that best serve you. So, What is an artist state? Uh, Well, with morning pages, you're working. You're working on your creativity. Uh, And I would sometimes say, I have a tool for you. It's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) People will say, oh, I get it. Uh, Because they have the, um, the work ethic. Uh, and they understand the idea of working on their creativity. But then if I say, now once a week, I want you to go out by yourself and do something that's enchanting or interesting or fun, uh, and you go all by yourself, uh, and what you're doing there is making an artist state. You're wooing your artist. You're saying, here is is a gift for you. Uh, And when I start talking about artist dates, uh, the body language from the front of the room really shifts. Uh, People start crossing their arms across their chest (laughs) skeptically Mm -hmm. uh, and tilting their head defiantly. Uh, and somebody may burst out, Julia, I don't see what play has to do with creativity. Uh, And I will say, well, it has everything to do with creativity. We have an expression, the play of ideas. Uh, And we don't realize that that's a prescription. Play and you will have ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it. 
And I'm looking forward to sharing what's in this wonderful new book, Seeking Wisdom, Spiritual Path to Creative Connection, by Julia Cameron, to whom I'm speaking today. Week one is the God concept. And in this introduction, you tell uh, some of the story of your own inner outer and inner journey. And uh, you talk about your drinking. Have you felt in your not drinking that your access to your creativity was more powerful and easier to get to? The answer is yes. Uh, and uh, I was afraid that it wouldn't be the case. Uh, when I quit drinking, uh, I thought, uh, well, I'm not sure I can create with, without a bottle of scotch. Yeah. I sort of thought that drinking and scotch went together. Uh, and uh, I had similarly felt uh, that cocaine was a valuable additive. Mm -hmm. And so when I quit, I thought, oh, my God, what if I'm not able to create? But what I found uh, was that I was able to create more freely. Uh, and I think uh, I think I was very lucky. Uh, I was led by a few sober colleagues uh, who said to me, try letting the higher power write through you. And Judy, I, I said, what if it doesn't want to? <laughs> <laughs> Which shows you the, um, the God concept that I grew up with, uh, that uh, God would think I was being too big for my britches. <laughs> oh, God. When I tried to kill myself when I was 13, my mother said, you're always trying to make people feel bad. <laughs> haunting, haunting. I must go into that at some point in my morning pages because there are a lot of things that can come out of that. And build with me and do with me what you will. There's a great deal of uh, magic in that phrase. And I, too, have found that in, I, I felt like you, and I drank, 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 and then nothing, and it was all very dark. So I didn't have any ideas of where I could go or what I could do, but I had always wanted to be a writer, so wanted to write in all kinds of ways. And there was a big block in my middle section. I wonder if other people have found this is true. A block, it was a physical block against doing any writing that, that went on for about a year until it, 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 it disappeared during a session with, uh, with a teacher um, whose name I forget, but it'll come to me in a minute. And so whenever I get to your books and whenever, and I read you a lot and I read the artist way a lot and I think about you a lot. So I'm looking at this first chapter and thinking, okay, you have prayers and wonderful quotations in all of your books. 
But in this book, I particularly liked your, your um, on page 11, it says that writing is prayer. It's a quote of Franz Kafka. And I think that's right. For me, writing is prayer. Don't you think so? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, I did an interview yesterday with a man who said, uh, talk to me about creativity and spirituality. Lots of people are creative without being spiritual. Mm. And <laughs> well. I thought, well, <laughs> a lot of people are creative without realizing they're being spiritual. Mm. And when people do morning pages and move their hand across the page, uh, it is a prayer. Uh, it's saying to the universe, please help me. Uh, and I don't think it matters, Judy, uh, if people believe in God or not, because I think God believes in them. That's, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, and I think uh, when we look at the book Seeking Wisdom, uh, it's an exercise in open-mindedness. And the God concept, which is week one, what kind of God were you brought up to believe in? Yeah. Many times that block in the stomach uh, is actually a manifestation of a negative God concept mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, uh, we, we grew up with a story about creation. It's a beautiful day in paradise. Mm -hmm. Eve, uppity Eve, plucks the apple. She says to Adam, a hopeless codependent, here, take a bite, darling. Uh, the, the heavens part, uh, and a booming voice says, how dare you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and from, from this myth, we learn that we have a, a jealous, authoritarian, punishing God who doesn't want us to strive. He doesn't want us to reach higher. So in the first part of this book, what we do is we take a, we take a look at that God concept and we say, well, what kind of God would I like to believe in? Uh, and yeah. we find ourselves writing encouraging, kind, compassionate, benevolent, humorous. Uh, and we design a God that we could talk to. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. That inspires me and helps me. In this chapter, this is your introduction, in which we find Thich Nhat Hanh. But there is Dostoevsky. Prayer is an education. I like that. Education writing uh, causes a spiritual awakening. Uh, and uh, writing about anything and everything teaches us to be authentic, uh, to pay attention to our own moods, 
to be tender toward ourselves. Uh, we begin to be uh, a little bit, quote, godlike. Uh, we find uh, that we have a powerful example in front of us. Uh, and um, I think after we look at our God concept, uh, we may look at petitioning God. Uh, and again, this depends on what you think God is like. Uh, and so uh, I, th I think it's important uh, to gently do some of the exercises in the book. Uh, and you'll find yourself feeling like, oh, I didn't know I had that attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when I uh, got sober uh, and uh, began praying for, for help with my writing, uh, I didn't realize uh, how far reaching the help would be. Mm -hmm. And so when I said prayers of petition, dear God, please help me with X, uh, I found myself having surprising insights. Yes, the letting go and the reaching out and asking for what you want is something so far from the teaching of my early childhood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess it was sort of you want what you get or you better get out of here. <laughs> but it's, it's true. I like this uh, wonderful aspect of the uh, first chapter. It says to list the qualities that I'd like to have in, in whatever this higher power is, this God. And then you say, list the, the, um, the positive aspects. Ever ha after having li listed some of the aspects that we might have been raised with, like punishing male, all-knowing, angry, vengeful. And then you get into, let me have a welcoming, everywhere, accepting, creative, loves to cha-cha, <laughs> loving, full of ideas, inspirational, gentle, and listening God. What a concept. I mean, there you go into the wild areas of your imagination to build yourself a goal. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think uh, that when we list the positive attributes we would like in a God, we may find that we're actually starting to connect with those positive aspects. So uh, when we say a prayer of petition, which is basically asking God for something, uh, we, we find ourselves finding surprising answers. You know, I, I think with prayers of petition, you get three possible answers. Yes, here you are, darling. <laughs> no, no, you can't have this yet, darling. Oh, yeah. And not yet. 
uh, and we argue with God uh, when we feel we've been denied. Uh, I think uh, it it takes a while uh, to recognize that God is always acting in our best interests. You know, we have a human idea of what our best interest is, but we don't have the big picture. No. Quite often when I see somebody who's being honored in some big public way or given some kind of high regard publicly and so on, some place that I would like to be, I say to myself, it's not your turn. Mm -hmm. So it, it ver validates a celebration of the person who's getting that. But it also has the promise of it'll come your way. Maybe not today, but it's coming. <laughs> I like to think of it that way anyway. Well, I when I um, first was told that I should teach, I was praying and walking as Thich Nhat Hanh would have us walk uh, in the West Village. Mm -hmm. I asked, what should I do next? And I thought I was talking about maybe writing another novel mm -hmm. or, maybe, or exercising creativity in some potent way. Uh, and I heard teach. I was horrified. <laughs> I thought, teach? I don't want to teach. I want to create. Uh, and what I didn't realize was that by teaching unblocking, I would be made more free to create. So, you know, Starting about 40 years ago, uh, I started trying to help other people unblock. Uh, and I would hear myself say, just trust. Mm -hmm. And then I would get to the page myself and I would hear, just trust. Uh, and I was teaching what I needed to learn. Eugene O'Neill said, I'm so far from being a pessimist. On the contrary, in spite of my scars, I'm tickled to death at life. I feel that way. I'm tickled to death. I, I don't understand what it is about uh, advancing age that makes people count the years and not, and not the glories. You see? The glories are what keep us going. So I'm optimistic about everything. And I, like, I, I think part of that is that, in fact, I have taken much of what you've taught to, uh, my, to heart. And I do, not perfectly, because I don't think any of us is perfect, but I do look at this framework that you give us. This is one of the things about your teaching that is so interesting. It's a framework that fits all sizes, Julia. It does well, you know, you don't have to be the perfect this or the perfect that. You can just be an imperfect you, and it will come. Well, I believe that. You know, I believe that if people work with the tools, uh, they will be led f further along their individual path. Uh, and I, I think uh, when 
when you talk about uh, that it fits all, I have uh, an experience recently. Uh, I have a a man uh, say to me, Julia, I'm a Jew and an atheist. Hardly your target audience. <laughs> oh, oh, he's so wrong. <laughs> he said, hardly your target audience. And the book spoke to me. Uh. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Uh, this man is a great gardener. Mm -hmm. uh, and his gardens are absolutely magnificent. Uh, and I keep wondering how he can be a gardener without having a sense of the higher power. Oh. It, it seems to me to be almost impossible. Yes, I would say. But I think, um, I think what we're talking about uh, when we talk about prayer uh, is something that's individual uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, writing this book, uh, I, I felt like, please understand, I'm not an expert. I'm a practitioner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, here we have on, this is an unknown quote, and it's in the, in the book of ways. Uh, it's, I think it's, which chapter is it in? I'll tell you which chapter. It's in the, um, in the fourth chapter, and it says, a morning is a wonderful blessing. It stands for hope giving us another start of what we call life. Now, I do my morning pages and my writing and my best thinking in the morning. I can practice in the afternoon or the evening, practice the piano, take what I've written to the computer and to the piano and see what I can make out of it. It's like putting a stick in the ground and trying to get it to grow into a flower, isn't it, in a way? Well, I think uh, that what happens when people do morning pages is that they s start to be guided into being sure-footed. Uh, and at the beginning of the book, we have the three tools people are used to, which are morning pages, artist dates, and walks. And then we have a fourth tool, which says, ask for guidance. Mm -hmm. And I suggest that they maybe write down LJ, Little Julie, or Little Judy, or Little Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and that they ask a question uh, about something that's troubling them, uh, that they feel they need help with. Uh, and uh, sometimes... Uh, for me, uh, I find that the answers that I get uh, are, are so simple mm -hmm. that I get a little bit rebellious. I think it can't be that simple. <laughs> right. And um, I, 
I recently uh, got a very mean-spirited letter, uh, and um, I I read it and I thought I don't recognize the person this letter is describing. Uh, it was an attack, uh, and um, I went I went for guidance because I was truly hurt and stunned uh, by it. Uh, and um, I went for guidance and I got told, Julia, your need here is compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, and your, your friend feels alone and afraid and has burned all her bridges. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and when I got told your need is compassion, I I felt uh, what I want to call sort of like a little ping in my heart. Uh, and I thought, I don't have to write back a nasty letter. Mm -hmm. I don't need to defend myself. Uh, I, I just need to have compassion. Uh, and um, that was a, a good example of being guided uh, in a way that felt too simple. Have compassion. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Powerful prayer for the other person. Powerful to let go of the feeling of being attacked. And uh, I have a couple of people in my life like that that are attackers. And I do try praying for them. I do pray for them. I don't just try. I do pray for them. And I gather them into the, the protection of sort of under the elms or under the trees where it's not raining on all of us and take them into the, into the gathering. Uh, my prayers are often gathering of the tribe. I want to get to all of them, and I want to be sure that they they don't feel missed. Of course, even my cats, so they they don't feel left out. And uh, yes, I'm sorry that you had that kind of a, a letter because it's painful, and you don't you don't know how you're going to respond to something like that. It's visceral, isn't it? I mean, that's a deep visceral visceral feeling when you feel attacked. Uh, fight or flight or speak or, or, um, or bring out the weapons. You know? uh, and of course we see it around us all the time. So it's also, it's also a kind of um, invisible shield to have that attitude about feeling sorry for people who feeling badly and feeling they need help. They need prayers. And as I've done, I've made some stupid and harmful mistakes. I found myself dwelling on a lot of early material um, a couple months ago. And it took a long time to get it out of my head that mm -hmm. I had done wrong to someone and that I could never be forgiven. Of course, I can be forgiven. All can be forgiven. And all are forgiven. What, what is the phrase that I was, uh, oh, in prayer. All are equal. I think Rumi says that. Mm -hmm. In prayer, all are equal. So it does put us all on the same. 
in this, on the same uh, level. Mm-hmm. We all get there. We don't, we don't get to be better than people. We don't get to be worse than people. We don't get to hear that. I think that's another thing that your morning pages have always done is to get the committee out of my head. Because mm-hmm. the committee has been, that's why mornings are so important, because the committee sometimes has been busy all night <laughs> reinforcing <laughs> their negativity. <laughs> so it takes time in the morning to get them straightened out and, and informed correctly. A, a miracle I have experienced is, this is good. A miracle I have experienced is, try this. Let's see. Julia says, when, this is also in chapter four. Um, try this. When I got sober, I built a new relationship with a higher power, as well as a new relationship to my own creativity. And then fill in the following. The most powerful experience of my life to date was. Hmm. <laughs> I said getting sober. Yes, that would be my answer to so, and as you sometimes mentioned when we were talking in our group, I mentioned what I was told by the nurse who sat me down with a cup of coffee and said, okay, why don't you let us drive? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's brilliant. It is. It was, she was, she must have done, she must have done that for many people, but she had no idea how, how important it was to hear that, for me to hear that. Since you've asked Is all my time together Take the rugged sunny days The warm and rocky weather Take the roads that I have walked along Looking for tomorrow's time Peace of mind Thank you for listening to the Since You've Asked podcast.